Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I am your host today, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there, Chris. Dana Eileen. Howdy. And Jordan Biorti. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? I'm okay. Good. Sheltered from the That's storm, better. is it? Snowing like crazy in your neck of the woods, too. No, um, we got a uh, like snow drifts are apparently coming, but that's it. We had like a snow squall watch thing. I was like, I don't believe you, and then it <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> you go. So that means it's coming for us, right? I got Karma a 32 degree night. Yeah, so. well, we're going to uh, New York next week, and it's going to be uh, like 11 degrees while we're there. Weird. Yeah, nice. I'm pretty pumped about it, actually. That's a bit better. <laughs> I'm pretty thrilled. So yeah, I'll I take it. My mom with it minus 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my, I, I, my mom called me the other like like on fr- like last Friday, and she was showing mm-hmm. me like all the snow they were getting, and I like genuinely missed it. Oh, she's like, how do you like? How do you miss this? I'm like, mom, it's 34 degrees here every day. <laughs> like, I was actually it's, you get tired son. of it. <laughs> like, my I've I've apparently taught my kids wrong, and my son hates the cold too. It's like I like playing the snow, but like I hate that it's cold. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so much. Oh, I love the cold. Maths, sciences, but um. <laughs> I was explaining, like, yeah, but if you lived somewhere where it was warm all the time, it would be the same all the time. Yep. Like, be thankful you're somewhere where it changes. I mean, I wish it would change, like, to less of this, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the last few days have been really freaking cold here. It has been really chilly. I've been, like, like, visibly angry every time I go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Just yelling. Like, I mean, that's a normal thing to do. It's totally reasonable. Totally fine. Minus 15 is a step too far. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and I can remember that it used to get like so much colder. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it did. Whatever. I'm just a did it weird, freezingly cold. Yeah, that's always that's always a fun afternoon. But uh, where it's not that cold is L.A., where E3 will be held for the first time in four Ooh, years this summer. Smooth. Yeah. Will it though? Well, it will. <laughs> it will. In it's name happening. only. <laughs> <laughs> but uh e3 this year we learned or this week <laughs> this week we learned we'll uh we'll go down without the big three uh, as apparently uh, nintendo microsoft and sony will not be on the show floor so they, they threw a party like... and nobody decided to come <laughs> i mean other developers will be there am i crazy like i thought that was the case at the last uh um few. I, no that's what you said. Like, like Nintendo has largely been staying away from E3 in favor of doing their own like directs, but for the most part, Microsoft and mm-hmm. Sony have had like, um, no, I mean, and I think even N- N- Nintendo too just like had like stuff on the show floor. Yeah, they, had, they had a booth on the show floor. Microsoft hasn't mm-hmm. because they have the Microsoft Theater that is right next door to um, the convention center. There's really no reason to have both, and they control that theater, so why not? Uh, but yeah, Sony had a presence and the press conference was offsite, but they had something on the show floor and Nintendo's had something on show floor for a while. It's just more of just a weird, magical Nintendo place where there's like one game on the entire show floor, but they've had something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I have feelings about E3 in general, mm-hmm. but I feel like what's going to happen is they're just going to have like it's been online for the last couple years since I've been here. It's been like, well, today's this 
showcase and tomorrow's this showcase and it's going to be a disaster that like e3 paired with summer game fest with three days in between the two so anybody that is traveling out to la for it it's going to be a nightmare and then they're going to have to fit in 47 more showcases on top of that right whether they're in person or not is a whole different story summer games fest too is uh right before right after that no some uh summer game fest is uh the actual like live thing is on the 8th mm-hmm. and oh, then is it? The e3 is the right. 13th yeah so it's, it's gonna be a time i mean xbox will be there uh they tweeted already earlier this year that they were going to be at summer game fest but um oh really I didn't know that. Yeah, on the on the twenty fifth, they said Xbox will return to Los Angeles this summer as well. Actually, returning to Los Angeles this summer. I assume that's for Summer Game no, Fest. No, no, you weren't at Summer they Game do, Fest. They do their own thing. They have a showcase, and they've already uh, confirmed oh, that they yeah. will be having the showcase again, which is just as I said, uh, the Microsoft, Microsoft <laughs> Theater where they'll have like mm-hmm. weird photo ops and things like that. But yeah, it, it was. We went to it this past year. Mm-hmm. So they're just bit building their own sandcastle, and yeah, and yeah. I feel like we're mm-hmm. choosing between our divorced parents. No, too dark. No, right. <laughs> I guess we've got to choose who I love the most. And like, hey, I'm a divorced parent, man. <laughs> like, I can say that, right? But like, if you're a if you're a smart kid, you you don't choose either, and you get two Christmases. There you go. Play the system. I, I don't have time for for that many showcases, though. I don't have the time. So we need, oh no, we, need to, we need we need to parent trap the industry, is what you're saying? Yes, clearly this that's is what, what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it it feels like a little bit like um, I, that. I th- we definitely have a different perspective on it because we cover it as like journalists. So like mm-hmm. it's every time E3 comes around, it's like less exciting than it is deflating. Cause like, like Dana said, it's just like, Oh my God, I have to cover all the shit now. Whereas like, <laughs> I'm jaded like, already. Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> even like, even before it was kind of like, you know, when, when I was a bit younger, it, you didn't really care so much about like which day was whose. Like you didn't really pay attention right. to that. It was more like like with what games got announced today, or like it was just like this mm-hmm. like week long announcements of games. Um, so like as long as Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft are all still going to have some kind of like announcement showcase, then it'll function more or less the same. But you guys know I've long been on the record of saying now that like E three should just end because clearly nobody's interested in anymore (laughs) it seems like it's getting like you know uh take niagara falls comic-con for instance when it started it was this like little it's our local comic-con and there was like six booths and it was awkward and every year it's gotten bigger and bigger (laughs) i feel like e3 is doing that in reverse it was this big massive thing and people are just like and now it's slowly like people don't care it's not run by people as big anymore like it's just a whole thing i don't know Well, like even ces when you guys were at ces recently like that used to be a big thing for gaming specifically like in the 90s that was like where half the game news came from. from Exactly. Yeah. Like, E3 started at as a part of CES, and it kind of became its own thing. Yeah. So, like, you see how that's changed over time. Like, it started as like a tech thing. The games invaded, and they split off into their own thing, and now it's more back on about tech. See, uh, more divorced parents. We're just like yeah. this weird Holly <laughs> world, and everybody's divorced. Um, why can't we all just get along? <laughs> Sorry, I made that weird. Poly industry. Weird. Interesting. Hey, man, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um. But yeah, no, I, I think I don't 
really know what E3 is going to be this year. I think Summer Games Fest really kind of has taken E3's thunder because that year it was kind of, well, like the few years has been canceled and Summer Games Fest kind of just swooped in there and tried to take over what it once had. And now I think Reed Pop is known for like the PAX conventions and such. So they know how to run a convention, but it's not the same thing as what E3 was. So I'm not really sure if, can recapture that magic that people kind of once knew as E3. I, to be fair, E3 has always been a weird consumerist thing, and that's fine, but it's. I feel people had a view of what it is, and that thing that they viewed it as really never existed. Like, I don't think it ever was a magical place where games were just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think no. we're looking back on those Is that just because you're cranky, though? No, I think, <laughs> like... I think E3 is interesting. It is, it is a giant invention of just all that's coming in gaming. I just think as more things moved online, it's less needed. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to have these in-person showcases. You can have them pre-recorded. But settle down with that because that's our entire job. Yeah. <laughs> so sh- don't tell anybody. <laughs> like that that's the problem. A lot of this, this isn't necessary. Do I need to fly out to XYZ to look at a product? No, probably not. Do I need to fly out to XYZ to watch a screening? of a launch of a product also probably not mm-hmm. but i'm doing it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> agreed it is it is yeah. a little bit like kind of like you're saying like it is a little bit like behind the scenes journo stuff mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. to brendan's point which i do agree with like you know the way that sort of like the internet functions in the way that like online media functions it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're there in person or you're not like i, I like, disagree with that i disagree with part of that i think the showcases don't matter i don't think you standing there n- near um watching trailers no that's what yeah. i mean yeah but I do uh, think that's exactly what i mean like matters yes exactly like like hands whether, on the but teams, like, meeting the people that kind yeah of exactly like like co- like the the in that in that in that sort of sense like what i was what i was trying to say was like like coverage is coverage right so it's like yeah. if you get you know if 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 nintendo you know does a direct on on what like ostensibly would have been the e3 date and then mm-hmm. puts out like some game demos the same day which they usually do like you can mm-hmm. have your reveal coverage you can have your demo coverage and it still functions the same yeah. but like you don't necessarily like... need the event okay well, per se Chris, maybe not you as much as me, but I started doing this like in the thick of the pandemic. Like how Brendan and I became friends, I'm not sure because we never should have met each other in person, but we did. (laughs) And I started here and none of this was how anything happened Mm -hmm. when I started. We didn't play games in person. There was Parsec, there was Discord, there was... These Mm -hmm. things aren't necessary. They're necessary for us to make connections Mm -hmm. They're necessary for us to sit and play the game and and have a conversation with somebody. I know when I played, um, I played Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. on Parsec, while there were two people dead silent in a chat with me, while I just like walked around and I'm like a looter. That's just who I am as a person. Even when I'm doing it like a demo and I need to finish it quickly, I'm like, "What's in this drawer?" And they're like, "Hey, do you need help? Because you could just..." I'm like, "Let me look in the drawer." 
<laughs> what's in here what are you hiding <laughs> so like that was giving me like awkward anxiety whereas when i did summer game fest i sat down i think i've said this before with i think one of the lead writers on one of the new star trek games right, that right. was coming and it wasn't an interview like it probably should have been that's my bad but we just kind of talked and he and i had like a really good conversation about like family and how this game was like a tribute to his father and it, it was really, really nice. It was a nice conversation. It was, it gave me a little bit more insight to the game and it, it gave a little bit of like heart to it rather than yeah. me having weird anxiety and people watching me. So, I mean, for it's us as, as journalists, yeah, it, it, it is, it is. And like, there's events that we go to that I remember it was like, this um, is completely unnecessary, but I'm going to yeah. go because I don't <laughs> want to be the one that's not there meeting these people, having these conversations, going to these mm -hmm. parties because that's how people remember you. It's very much the truth. That is very accurate. And I think the fact of like how the industry has kind of changed due to the pandemic has changed the necessariness of E3. Mm -hmm. But that being said, they still having that hands-on time, having that time to meet people is so vital to this industry. Because if everyone just worked by email, it a lot would get lost. Yeah, Definitely, like how yeah. many times have we met people and they've been like, oh, I talk to you all the time. I'm like, yeah. we just found out. Oh, I can't remember who it was. I'm not going to say the name. We just found out somebody who we very much thought was a woman is a man. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, email's cool. <laughs> like, no idea. But even more good to know. That, <laughs> yeah. Like when you're looking at the game coverage, it's hard to parse through all your emails. But when you're on the show floor, you might like see a, a booth for a small indie title and you say, that's amazing. I want to try that. Via email, it might slip under the radar. You might never see it. So yeah. that hands-on time of actually being in a place where you get time with small indie titles, or you get time mm -hmm. with talking to a developer, gives you a different insight to these games that mm -hmm. as much as a press release is great for giving the basic word out there, it does miss... Gives it heart, man. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Gives <laughs> it heart. Like I yeah. said, do you think I cared about yeah. that Star Trek game? So well, and I, I, I think I think there is a certain degree, like there's a shift in perception too, because like kind of like what was uh, Dana was saying. I had to look up the name because I forgot, but I remember when 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 you and I, Brendan, went to Migs, and yeah. um, we had a chance to talk to Ian Livingstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you were busy, so you told me like go like do go do an interview with him. And I was still like fairly new. I was so like nervous and awkward that I didn't like ask him a single question because <laughs> I was like, this is like the former CEO of, of Eidos. And like, I don't know what to say to this guy. <laughs> and there was a bunch of people around and I was just like, um, hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the thing with me too. I, um, Brendan will attest to this because it's probably the thing that he hates the most about me as an employee is I, interviews terrify me mm -hmm. i can write mm -hmm. up great questions i don't want to talk to anybody brendan has done a few interviews for me that i have set up i have written all the questions and i have run away <laughs> yeah. it's just it's not my forte it makes me nervous i have this tendency to act really flighty even when i'm not and i don't want to do that in front of important people mm -hmm. um but even in terms of uh again summer game fast i sat down and i had to play a game with another journalist and i'd never bet before and we had to play uh, Escape Academy. So we're doing an escape escape room together. We have to work together. We've never spoken. Again, I'm bubbly and whatever. This guy sits down, just looks angry. I'm like, cool. 
Sure. Yeah. This is fine. It ended up really fine. But like, I was so anxious having to sit down with somebody that's probably going to hate my guts and we have to work together and this game's going to suck because he hates me. And like, it was a whole thing. <laughs> why, why am I, why am I introducing myself to people for this company? It's probably a bad idea. Maybe we should rethink. Yeah, we don't we don't need to visit our uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con experience from last summer with the uh, <laughs> with loud dispatching me? our extrovert Dana to do things for us. Mm. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> yeah, no, Which it's is weird because um, I'm not one. <laughs> like I'm so so like I don't want to talk to anybody. Everybody get never mind. <laughs> no swearing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. Uh, yeah, I'm like I, I'm I'm in the same boat too, Dan. Like the things were like that when I got here because of the whole pandemic, and mm-hmm. you know I've had good experience on Parsec where I've uh, you know played Final Fantasy 14 in a private server pre-launch for the expansion with a bunch of other people who are passionate about the game, and we were coordinating hunts and doing stuff like that, and that was great. Yeah. I've also played Sonic Colors in a preview where there was such horrible input lag that the person watching me play must have thought I was you know never touched oh, a God. game before. Right. Like it's uh. Mm-hmm it's yep those in-person experiences are so important still oh yeah like we can yeah, we like right. we prove we can do without it but i think you get such a better feel especially with things like you know hardware demos and things like that like we're not yeah, really at I, that I point in the cycle CES, for it, but like we've done ces when it was remote and it is a different thing watching some guy play with a thing on the screen is very different than trying a thing Wow, that was yeah. a lot of really technical terms. <laughs> Play on a screen with a thing is a educational podcast. <laughs> so so, so nobody it. feels uh, like you know awkward about their presentation back at CES if they hear this. It's, yeah. it's being diplomatic. It's that's we'll call it that. Um, I mean, like, I feel that. Um, that being said, as I said, wow, lots of said there. Uh, <laughs> now I'm giving you a complex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Press conferences, I do think, don't need to be in person. There's zero reason um, to go there and watch some guy put on trailers, then walk out again and say, hey, here's more trailers, and then walk off stage again. (laughs) Yes, it's kind of neat to be there and seeing when a developer gets on stage and talks, but you're not really interacting with any of that stuff. You're not... Yeah. Is it? I feel like when we did that first E3, like that was the time where I'd like walk away and get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what I need? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I mean, I didn't drink while I was working. What are you talking about? But I don't necessarily think that those press conferences add anything by being there. Like I don't. Half those demos, some of them might be uh, live on stage, but a lot of them are pre-recorded because you don't know what's going to go wrong. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So yeah, it's. It's the whole this the speeding could have been an email situation, right? Like, and maybe 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 I'm a little bit more jaded than most, but like I think that there's you a know, certain degree. No, not me. No, not of course. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? But like like when when things are done sort of like digitally, I think there's like less. Um, there, there's like there's less leeway for people to be like i get like dishonest about it because i think i think i just think back to like what was it like e3 2016 or 17 where bethesda announced like the dlc that just added the game to final or to, to fallout 76 and people applauded it and they were like cheering like be, mo- i mean I for one there. reason it, i was yeah there. 
it wasn't like a lot of people applauded. Just the people that were working for Bethesda at the front were like, "Yeah, that's kind of cool, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> Quinn, uh, Quinn, Quinn told me that that they were handing out alcohol like crazy. So like, it seemed oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like <laughs> the the audience was a little wasted for it. So maybe that's why they were like, Literally, "Yes, like, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> They're also giving out corn dogs and Fairfield vibes. So I... There you go. Hey, we went to a movie where they gave us cheeseburgers. I was pretty good with that. They did. That was yeah. kind of... The really movie. They were really bad. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> they were cold. They were. There was like, we walked out of the, the premiere and there was food truck handing out burgers. It was kind of cool. I mean, to be fair, that was the only one that actually did anything for premieres. The rest of us going like, yep, peace. And guess what? That's the one we talk about. And also, it was a good, <laughs> a good movie. We also stole a whole bunch of like Yeti mugs and iced teas. Because literally every chair in that theater got a yeti mug but a bunch uh, of people left and them. only like half the theater took some so i'm like i guess we're taking yeti mugs with us we did. <laughs> just, just scurrying away arms full yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was like mom i got you a present <laughs> you don't need this but you like free crap just brings us to a good to a, like a <laughs> brings us to a classic part of the e3 the like the loot bags if yeah. if, if e3 goes away what happens to the loot bags yeah, Summer Game Fest most... gave us a loot bag. It had socks in it. Yeah. Which, I mean, that made me happy, if I'm perfectly honest. And hand so, like, sanitizer, I've... because that was during the disease times. You know? The worst times. I've been actually like going through a bunch of old game magazines, because uh, I found some at like, a local retro shop, and uh, it was kind of funny to see all, all, all the stuff they talked about, like or what they emphasized from it, like crazy schedule sure you got loot bags and then like all the creepy stuff about uh like booth babes and things like that that's yeah. one thing we don't need <laughs> glad we yeah. did away with yeah, that part. i wonder like how recent that was because like i like to think we've been pretty woke as a society for a little while i thought that only happened at like car stuff but i guess video games are still like a man industry right well that's yeah that's i can say that <laughs> you guys can't say that don't say that <laughs> but <laughs> It's it's something we've been working on. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I varying feel... degrees. Uh, we're not all. Yeah, I feel no, like the it... last embracing it conversation that I heard had about booth babes was like twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, like maybe. L- yeah. All right. Or it's like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's still some. Oh no! As far back as 2013, holy shit! Okay, never mind. Yeah, we've. Yeah. I think we've. I think we've long moved past <laughs> that. Um, well, I hope so. I mean, it's probably something to still to some degree. I'm sure there's some presence of it, but like how we apply it, I think has improved at least. But yeah. Um, but you know, like 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 I was saying, like I think you know there there was a bit of a mystique to like E3. You know, when you were uh like I, when i was like an outsider to the whole thing right and when it was more designed specifically for journalists right like it was it was a little bit more self-contained that way um yeah at least i think and that's what i mean like i like i remember and it's like it's you know you didn't you didn't necessarily get like you like the the experience from e3 like like the way you do now like you know you'd have a certain handful of of the bigger sites i remember i used to go to uh game trailers and like they would have like someone mm-hmm. there like covering it you know and and releasing all the trailers because that's what they did right 
you know, and I'll I'll never forget that the the one year they announced like it like all at one showcase. It was like like Metroid, uh, Other M, Donkey Kong Country Returns, Galaxy Two, uh, like another Zelda. I think it was I th- think that that was that might have been Skyward Sword before that turned out to be garbage. Um, something else like it was just this crazy announcement from Nintendo. Like, and we were just yeah. like sitting there like oh. okay here's my here's my when we're talking about like the trailer shows and things like that as journalists and like we're fans too but as journalists i don't think those are for us those events like those are the events that we should be sitting at our computers at our desks on our couches whatever and that's for us the events there like that event is for fans like when we were at uh, the game awards um watching the crowd react to everything that was happening and even the devs and stuff, but that's, that's a whole different event. Um, Watching them react to everything was awesome. Like I'm not as like widely excited about a huge amount of games, like a huge, why can't I speak English today? You know, (laughs) my, my, my tastes aren't as wide as a lot of people. So I wasn't super excited about everything I saw, but to sit in the audience Mm -hmm. and like feel, you know, like, like going to a live sporting event. It was kind of like that. So yeah. I think those events, yeah, okay, do them live, but do them for fans, and then we work it. And then the other way around, when it comes to something like E3, Summer Game Fest, anywhere we're going to do demos, that's us. Like, our job is to tell you whether or not these are worth it. Like, that's what we do. So give us the opportunity to do that. And, yeah, if you want to have your, your like, fun play days at the end of it with, you know where people pay way too much money to come and play these games. Cool. That's a whole different conversation, mm-hmm. but I think that's more where it lands. But now that we're taking out the big players, I don't know what that means. Does that mean yeah. all Nintendo ex- exclusives aren't going to be there? Or does that mean Nintendo won't have their own booth, but some of their games might have booths? Does that mean there's just nothing to do with it? Does that mean they're going to be down the street? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what it's like. You know, this uh-huh. is going to be the chance to set a new precedent for the event going forward, and yep. not having the big three there—it's that's a weird note to start on, that's for sure. But I, and I like mean, I it, said, it, uh, it it does. Uh, sorry, Dave, I didn't mean to cut you off. Dave. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. Just, just like I just just a quick Google. It's like the way that it's worded is that. Uh, the big three console manufacturers won't hold pref- pre- uh, press conferences or present on the show floor. So they're just like not. And so even Nintendo, I don't think Nintendo will have a booth there. Yeah. But that's so. what I mean. I don't does do- that mean like all of Nintendo? Does that mean no, no Nintendo games? Nothing? Because there's some that like specific games might have a booth, but I don't know what they're going to do. I think Nintendo published won't be there. Okay. Yeah. Well, plus that's going to be a bit of a weird time frame for them too, right? Because uh, Tears of the Kingdom will be out for like a few weeks at that point. It's not like it's before yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Really? Jesus. We're not. We're ninety nine days away as we record this from Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> and 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 that's like I think I'm I'm I might have said said this before, but I think I've like definitely thought it like. Nintendo again like Nintendo has no reason to like Nintendo can trade on name alone all they have to do is mm-hmm. like again like if the if these rumors I've been seeing online that they're doing a direct it, like next week are true then like again they'll, they'll keep the hype machine going like all they need to do mm-hmm. is just yeah. drop a direct and everyone's gonna go nuts and like the media will cover it like it's the second coming and <laughs> like yeah, they're they're golden they don't need mean, E3 like E3 you? needs them and then there's there's the whole matter of like budget 
<laughs> there's a whole matter of just budgets. Like, why are we doing this? Why? Like, duh. Teeny I mean, tiny little budget. booths at some of the events that we've been at are yeah. like 20 grand a piece. Never mind, friggin' CES. Some of the booths were like a city block. Yeah. I imagine that was more than 20 grand. So, like, then it comes to the point uh, of, okay, do we want to support them? Like, mm-hmm. and well, and, that? And, <laughs> like, I could mean, we, like, I solve know, world I... hunger instead of you buying this well. box for me to stand in? <laughs> Game studios aren't the ones that should be forking over the money for that. There's other people with yeah. the means. Yeah. I know. I know it's not. Really, <laughs> you know what you mean. You got I know it's point. not really comparable either. But like Nintendo too, at least in like Toronto, like that we've seen, like they do little like small events where they go to like different, like yeah. you know, like yeah. the X, or they'll go to different places and have demos of stuff that's come out. So it's like. If they if they want to have little little like smaller like events where they can just kind of keep the hype up and even like even at malls too I see I've seen it like um even like around Christmas time they'll set up little Nintendo booths in malls like there was yeah, one in uh, in um in Oshawa where they'll have like game demos they'll have merch they'll have people getting like excited about buying the new Nintendo mm-hmm. product for Christmas so like right I think I, I feel like if, if they've worked out a marketing strategy. That they really don't need to be at E3 anymore. Then it's like, yeah, it's like, what's the point? They they know what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Brendan. I'm I'm curious. Sorry, you disappeared for a minute. But my thought was the like trailer stuff and all that jazz. Yeah. Those events are more for fans. And my example was at Game Fest when yeah. I'm not Game Fest, uh, the Game Awards when like you saw the crowd going crazy. <laughs> like that's a big exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas things like E3 should be more for journalists and people who need to get hands on time with these I games agree. to do. I yeah, 100% agree with that. I think mm-hmm. the, um, what E3 has become is beca- has kind of been like mystified. Like everyone's like, oh, that's where the only place you can play games. But that's not really true. It's just that's how it's kind of gotten known. So. I've played at least one video game mm-hmm. before. Or or <laughs> at, 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 at the very least it's it's become like the you know the 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 event where the big reveals happen but so so many times so much yeah. uh over the past you know these big reveals that people have or that publishers have felt the need to have have not yet manifested games. Like again, how long ago was Elder Scrolls 6? like uh announced and we have heard nothing about it like ask me how i feel i think that was at the um press conference with andrew wk and they showed a title screen and they're yeah. like yeah things will happen because eventually. they needed an announcement it's been 47 years yeah. right here's a cocktail napkin with the words ultra scrolls six on it <laughs> get excited <laughs> that's kind of what it was like they didn't even have like it wasn't even it was like a rolling hill Oh, I'm well aware of what it was. Proof of concept, <laughs> maybe. Like, I think they said that. Hey that guys, we be... thought about this for like at least a minute. It's cool. I think they even said that was like there's nothing built. They're just starting production, so it's basically, yeah, our team has decided. We'll but you know what? Cool. People get just as excited. We do news stories about like, hey, this company is hiring for this, this, and yeah. this. So it's probably this. I mean, so we yeah, we're, we're just as bad. Problem. We yeah. hype everybody up. <laughs> like shit's happening in '78. <laughs> years i mean let's go go. i think there's legitimacy to like what these companies do and i think there's legitimate legitimacy to these press conferences i just don't know if there's any advantage for being in person and i don't know if there's much advantage Mm -hmm. for the average person to go to these shows because a lot easier past like you would have a game demo we get to see this game that no one else has seen for a while or ever 
Uh, yeah. Except be, for that one trailer six years ago. Yeah, but it'll, be, it'll be a game that's... <laughs> yeah. the, de- the dev's like, yeah, if you go to that side, the game just kind of falls apart, so don't do that. But if you, <laughs> if you have the public there, you can't bring those really early demos because they aren't... They don't get it. They don't get it. They're like, They're just like this game's crap. crap. And, well, and yeah, only, thanks. We haven't not... made it yet. <laughs> not only do they not get it it's that like it's it's there's there's so many people that like know like the that the people who need to get like time with it don't end up getting time with it or they get about 12 seconds no I'm, I, there are I, I think e3 has in the past they have had like a demo station that is basically this is the journalist demo station but the average person that's this there like they when they did that public event they didn't understand that, like, why is there a station sitting empty? I should be able to play that. So people would be, like, fighting over getting onto a station that no one can actually play on because it wasn't designed for the average. I like that we're just sitting here, like, trash-talking regular gamers, which are literally our audience. (laughs) Um, I don't think you're all stupid. Before I started here, I wouldn't have got that the same either. Whoa, what was that? Uh, Sorry. I was trying to be performative, like, but then you started talking. And I was like, I don't want to be stupid while Dana's trying to have a point. Broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like when I did uh, the Lost Ark, um, before that came out, that's a, an MMO. So usually those are something that you can't do until they're live. But that game hadn't come out yet. So I got to go play it. And they're like, no, we know. Like, we know about some things. Mm. And I turned around and there was no map beside me. I'm like, Okay, let's go this way. <laughs> I go that way, and then there's a bird, a bird skeleton. Like there was a skeleton, which made me think like it's not the the I'm seeing its insides, and when they animate it, I feel they don't animate its insides. They do animate they they do have, uh, animation skeletons. Well, there you go. I ran into a skeleton, and I was like, that also seems like a placeholder maybe, <laughs> maybe. but and a regular person like me three years ago i would have been like um you guys need some help yeah. <laughs> this isn't <Too> working <laughs> yeah but so. a lot of people don't like the concept of a beta like when you see a beta mm-hmm. in like um like call of duty's online beta that's not really a beta no it's, it's a, a super game, finished game <laughs> it's a finished yeah. game that they're saying it's a beta just because they might have to tweak the online a bit that's about it yeah just in case they change something so nobody can get pissed off uh, but like <clears throat> an actual beta is rough. Like it, ba- it's sometimes they barely. How about function. an alpha? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, these are games that are not really meant for public consumption. They're meant for like, hey, we know you know games take work to make. This is a thing so you can tell your audience if you like it or not. But we've even been in situations where companies have reached out and been like, hey, do you guys want to come look at this game for us and tell us what we need to fix? Like, yeah. don't review it. Don't tell anybody else. But, like, can you just come yeah. check it out for us? I mean, and, I mean, they they should hire people for that. But, um, it, I mean, that's a thing that happens. You can't perhaps, do that with just, like, Frank. Perhaps hire some testers for their betas. You can call them yeah. Yeah. gamma testers. Yeah. What? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Critical crazy. consultants, but, mm. <laughs> but I, I'm of two minds. I think there are there is a time and place for a con that is designed to show off early games. That I think that's why PAX exists. That's these cons exist. Mm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I also think there's a, a time and place for a show that is designed for journalists. They don't need to be the same thing. I agree. And that's not entirely sh- at all. It's, yeah, it's but just, that goes back to. Like, yeah, because you wanted to be showy for the 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 buyers, yeah. 
but you want to be maybe professional for the the journalist, which isn't necessarily sure true. We get spoiled yeah. for no reason. But there's also but, like, <laughs> the average person's not going to get to talk. Like if you have an interview thing and like this room is for Hideo Kojima, you're not going to be like, yeah, this he's just going to be signing autographs for three days. He's going to be in there for like four hours, and you you can kind of, if you're a journalist, you get in there, get five minutes with him, and leave. Yeah, I, and that's how it has to be. Like I've been at E3. Um, I think Chris would cry. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was the last, it was the one that was first year. It was public. <clears throat> and terrible. they were doing a cyberpunk demo, and I was in the session where Hidekijima like got snuck in to see this cyberpunk demo. Uh, so everyone's like, "What?" It's like a ten minute or thirty minute whatever uh, showcase showing off. The game in its peak performance because it very rarely ever looked that good. But because Hideo Even Kojima after was, it came out. <laughs> because Hideo Kojima is such a celebrity, you had all these public people just kind of crowded around hearing he might be coming out of this demo session. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I just want to leave and do my job. Like, he had other meetings, but the public cough. wouldn't move. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at TIFF. Yeah. TIFF is open to the public and like the streets were just swarmed with people. Yeah. I got warned that I was probably going to get hurt if I gave someone my ta- Taylor Swift ticket. Yeah. So like mm, sometimes <laughs> the public's not great. But that being said, yeah. I think there's a time and place for that sort of like PAX exists and that makes sense. I think the fact that E3 sense. is going to be a public event, I think that means it's not going to be what we expect from a journalist type con. It's going to be a con designed to show off the game that's going to be coming out three weeks from now. It's going to be the game that's almost finished, and they just want to have the public. It's going to give them get bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. Just that being mm-hmm. said, uh, I'd still like to go to E three. So, like E yeah. three, please don't cancel my accreditation. Don't hate. The sense I'm kind of like getting from this conversation is that like I I, I don't think we need to keep shoving a public aspect onto E three anymore. Like the packs exists and like I think if, if they want to make E3 that that's fine, but Summer Games Fest will kind of take over that role. Well, and especially if they're taking mm-hmm. like the major people out of E3, now it is just a PAX. It might be a larger PAX with yeah. brighter lights. I don't know, but you're not like a, if I'm not mistaken, Brendan, when you were at PAX, it was a lot of like indie games or yeah. smaller studios and things like that but so yeah now they're all the same PAX. sony has brought a big presence to pax oh, okay I didn't yeah know. Uh, microsoft sometimes have packs intel like there's big brands at pax it's just, oh i didn't know that it Take usually it back. be more finished games so it won't be games that are just like this game's four years out and here's a thing that kind of works it's more of i want that these games <laughs> this is a game that's basically finished it's gonna be coming out in the next year or so have a look and be excited it's a different kind of experience. And E3 was often, hey, this game might look this good when and done. We don't know. Completely uh, different yeah. game when it releases. Yeah. We changed the name well, to you guys. Like, it's like, fine. The first E3 I went to was the Aliens Colonial Marines, like infamous demo where Randy Pitcher's Oof. like, this is all going to be in the Tell game. me that was in 1984. You <laughs> <laughs> said, said the Wii U version was going to be the best version, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, showed, he, showed, he showed a Wii U with like, the little like, thing on it. I'm like, that sounds like a thing. <laughs> that, the, sure. That's not real. That's not, that's not <laughs> real, Randy. Um, but that, <laughs> that is kind of what e3 was a lot of boasting mm-hmm. a lot of things like this is a thing that might exist one day cool very similar to ces with a lot of this is aspirationally what we want it to be mm-hmm. and i think if it's going to be just a pure public event with some media showcases it's going to be much more a pax on a bigger scale maybe you have a 
few bigger present presenters there, but it from this latest report yeah. doesn't seem that way. Raul Coley could be there for no reason. That or they, 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 they <laughs> cool. E3 like structurally needs to rethink what it is and like I mean, or or, or running it, so who knows? Yeah. Like the it, it, it needs to do some serious restructuring because it seems like if 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 the case is that like but like all the big three don't care about going anymore. I just want you guys they... to know that I watched This Is Us and the, the triplets on that. Well, oh, not God. Triplets, kind of. They're also called the big three. So every time you guys say that, <laughs> I think of like a really sad, like orphaned family. Crockpot <laughs> I mean, death. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like they, they, because you know what I mean? At, at this point, it's like, it's like, the, the the publishers aren't the problem right now. It's E3 is the problem. E3 has an image problem, and they need to fix what and figure out what they are to like reattract. Yeah. The, now uh, that, that kind being of said, we're sitting here saying all the things that they need to do, but we have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm dying. <clears throat> okay, we have no idea what they have or have not done. Yeah. Um, we've been mm-hmm. keeping eye like E3's website is just like it's happening. Like there's not even like yeah. a second page to go to right now. It's Sign up. Yay. We'll tell oh, you stuff it's... later. So like it's it's pretty tight lipped about what's going on. And same with Summer Game Fest. Like we don't know who's who's doing what there. Mm-hmm. Usually we'd hear like a, you know, this company might be there or like I, I maybe think... you'll hear about this. And that's not the case right now. So who knows? Maybe E3 is like a whole different world and we're just jackasses and we'll eat these words later. I doubt it, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was about to say. Right I think there is a lot of People are still booking those booths. People are still sorting out if what event they're going to be at. And <laughs> we might not know what E3 is until like mm-hmm. mid-April. Then everyone's like, yeah, I'll be at E3. And like, okay, now we know what's going to And happen. that's going to be a nightmare for journalists. Yes. Even yeah, well. like, um, I right. won't name names, but like a major PR company was like, hey, guys, you're all screwed mm-hmm. <laughs> with how uh, E3 and Summer Game Fest is spread out. Yeah. Yep. And like uh, Summer Game Fest, the uh, the like big stream thing or theater thing, whatever, mm. is uh, in Hollywood. Whereas, yeah, no, it's not going to be a good time. Not going to be a good time for anybody. It's fine. Well, it's it, E3 is in the hands of Raid Pop for the first time also. And yeah. they claim they've been listening to feedback and, and, and whatnot. So, I mean, sure. Yeah. Could very well be a different thing. That's the problem. Depends on who they're listening to. Are they listening to like the people in the industry that are making the games? Are they listening to the people in the industry that are testing the games or the people that are playing? Reading reset era and just kind of saying, what are people saying now? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) they're going on everything from Reddit. (laughs) Better better reset era than 4chan or yeah, I was about to say yeah. My goodness. No, they they is over everything. It's gonna be very (laughs) weird. The Repop's uh, Global VP of Gaming. That's a title, apparently. Kyle Marston Kish, Repop Global VP of Gaming. Uh, said that they've been studying the global gaming community's feedback. So, not sure exactly who they've been listening to, but E3 2023 will be recognizably epic. A return to form that honors what's always worked while reshaping what didn't and setting a new benchmark. Chris, I'm so we'll going to need you to only read things like that from now on. Epic. Epic. E3 will be recognizably epic. Epic, yeah. epic, epic. Honest trailers, boys. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Good talk, guys. 
probably. As I, <laughs> as I killed myself doing that voice today. Um, <laughs> but that's my voice isn't the only thing going offline. Boom, boom. Um, Good segue. So, uh, and actually, even oh, since yeah, we sat down and started uh, planning our podcast tonight, uh, there's been another game announced that's oh, really? going to be ending service. Uh, Knockout City will be terminating oh, in June. Game. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't um, that like a pretty new game? Yeah, like six months. Uh, nine months. So it'll be. Uh, uh, yeah. It's like not even a full term baby yet. Yeah. And it's, never mind. Whoa, that was it not an online Ninja joke. Turtles in it. <laughs> or oh, wait, uh, two years? Yeah, no, it'll, be, it'll be two years for them actually when they shut down. Okay. On the morning of June 6, 2023, over tears after our initial launch, our servers around the world will be shut down, said uh, Velen Studios. But uh, originally, we, are, we were meant to be talking about how EA shut down um, some projects that weren't even formally announced. Uh, according to a report from Bloomberg, there was a uh, title uh, under the work, we're under the working sort of nickname Titanfall Legends um, that was yeah. terminated before it was even officially announced, and 50 employees shuffled around. I mean,. Um, I- I mean, okay, thanks, Brendan. <laughs> I mean, like at EA, fifty employees is not a huge team. Like EA's team no, it's a very small. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, well, we'll pass the days of fifty uh, fifty person development teams. Um, yeah, I mean, some studios still are that, but at EA, usually it's like in this warehouse full of people is this one game. <laughs> there you go. But uh, that's not the only casualty at EA or Respawn Entertainment uh, as. Respawn is also shutting down uh, Apex Legends Mobile. Um, they've already turned off the in-game transactions, so they've already started playing Closing Time and uh, preparing players for that. They turn, they t- yeah, they're turning the lights on. You don't have to go home, but you can't play here. Um, <laughs> yeah. We saw this happen recently Everybody's too with Final uh, Seven Battle Royale and oh, yeah. uh, Knockout City as well. Now we'll be shutting down. Uh, yeah, That's a shame uh, too, because Knockout City was also, actually a really good game. That's what also, I mean. Like, I thought that game was doing okay. I guess just nobody gave shit. And I think it's they also a, canceled the well, um, Battlefield mobile as well. Yes, yeah. You know, so, uh, that was also not released. Awkward. I think the problem with Knockout City, too, was that it was, like, um, borderline deceptive because they, like, initially released it as, like, free-to-play and then they, like, for, like, a, like a couple weeks or something, then they, like, made it cost money. So like it was, I think, I think, I think the plan from the beginning was that it was going to be like a, uh, like a full priced game or not a full price game, but like a, you know, like a $30 game and, or like a $20 or whatever. Um, but like, but it had like, it had like a limited time where you could play and it was like playing for free and the game that it is too, like, it's not a play it's not a i don't know i don't know if you, if i would justify paying my for this it because it, it's very much designed to be like a Fortnite. Okay. it has the exact same kind of monetization systems i think that was probably too maybe what put people off of it like it has battle question. passes that has the exact same monetization <laughs> system but it also is a game you have to purchase with money hmm. um that was my question about the apex legends uh mobile i know Fortnite you can play on anything but it's the same game it's not different is apex different different? like it's is it your same character that you play elsewhere i don't i think it's slightly different i don't remember yeah because about it but it is a slightly different version of the game lame because is there is because i i i could have swore and maybe i'm wrong here but 
wasn't isn't like like Fortnite isn't there a version just like of Apex like plain Apex Legends that like is for mobile? I think that's the mobile one that you. That that's the one that's. I didn't know it was yeah. for mobile. Okay, it's not like I, yeah, because I it, thought it, okay. It segregate the audiences from what I understand. Like there was a mm-hmm. mobile audience and the okay. um, console and PC audience, so it wasn't like yeah. I believe it was crossplay between the two platforms, but I don't remember. Okay, yeah, no, I was I was under the impression that yeah, it it, it functioned kind of like Fortnite, that there was like the mobile version, which was kind of like that whole like um, Call of Duty mobile game, which was like a functional. For right. FPS like multiplayer experience designed for a mobile thing, and there was right. like the actual like Apex Legends you just play on a mobile device like Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I was wrong though. Yeah, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the exact difference were, <laughs> but I don't. I, I think there's more monetization in the mobile one, from what I'm understanding. Get out <laughs> a mobile game. <laughs> <That tracks>. Oh, <laughs> but I don't know how like the gameplay varied between the two. I never was a big yeah. Apex person i think the pc one is fun but i never mm. got into the any of the other platforms i heard it's good on i know a lot of people who play it on console and they all really enjoy it so yeah, ex- our, i mean except uh, for the switch version the switch version i mean there you go yeah yeah no it's uh did, did, did alex like, review all of them or uh i believe he did yeah i don't know I right. so, yeah yeah that's, that's again yeah, that was not I. I think I want to play Overwatch. Side story. I need a game. <laughs> I was just actually thinking about Overwatch and how they would, like, what's going to be next for them. Because if these things are are being rattled, <laughs> Overwatch 2 hasn't exactly been out to a great start. I mean, um, I think Blizzard needs something. And right now they don't really have much that is doing I think they're amazing. maybe banking Diablo. on, yeah, I was just about to say Diablo. <laughs> Diablo Marta, yeah. how how long till Diablo Marta goes down to? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think it's still making money. I just think it there was a steep drop off after the game launched. That's yeah, the case with all, anything, though. Reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was people got into it, then they hit got hit by the micro, microtransactions that were kind of out, uh, egregious, and then they're like, "What if I just stop playing this game?" What if not? Wait a minute. Actually, I, fuck this. I yeah. think Overwatch is doing okay. It just definitely is not doing what Overwatch when it first launched did. That game mm-hmm. really did kind of take off and set up the hero genre or re- kind of recapture the hero genre. And I don't think this Overwatch 2 has lit that same fire. Well, because it didn't release with half the stuff it was supposed to, too, right? Like it, di- it didn't have as many modes for gameplay. Right? Like it didn't, it was a, it it was didn't have the story mode. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. What what they initially said when they were like, oh, we're going to do a sequel, and then what they actually came up with when it was time to talk about it were very different I things. Was story mode coming, or did it not come? It, it hasn't arrived yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure when the new plan is for it, because and, and even if we did know the plan, I imagine it might still change. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like they initially had a lot of big plans and a lot of big talk, and then when the time came, it was a much more subdued, season-based, right. incremental thing. So I mean, it's what I kind of, it really feels like they just slightly updated the core of Overwatch and said it's slightly different now. Cool. <laughs> that um, was exactly what I felt. <laughs> marginally I, I different. Feel, I feel we are long, long away from the point when Overwatch League was the biggest thing ever and it was showing how what could be done with um, esports. I don't think Overwatch 2 is doing that same stuff. 
and I really don't think people are quitting their jobs and being Overwatch players full time like they did when that thing. Oh, I was going to tell you later, but yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> hate to break it to you. <laughs> We're all becoming um, Overwatch. <laughs> and we're going to do it at E3. What? <laughs> it was our big debut. <laughs> I, I am kind of... This This news from EA also comes when they uh, delayed um, the new Star Wars game and they have bought back shares. I don't know what that matters, but they did definitely did that too. Mm-hmm. So it seems like EA is in a kind of a transitional period and they're trying to like consolidate stuff and make sure what they do do is profitable. But it also makes sense because it is their quarter end, so they want to make it oh, like look look at all the stuff that wasn't making money. We got rid of it. It's great now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a good time too because like you know for the long time they were the kind of not boogeyman but the kind of the scapegoat for the industry. Like oh everything that was going wrong was kind of in that corner, and now yeah. Activision Blizzard have kind Rightly of rightly so over I would say. Oh well, no, they have they have their time. They earned some some shade and. Now they've kind of have had the tension taken off them for that. So now's a good time to kind of quietly like set the table again and yeah, like, you let's know. just fix things up. Let's, let's make it work. But I, I do, fix house. I do question um, what they have planned for this year because I don't really know much of what EA is releasing this year. Like really the major, uh, other than Star Wars and New Sims. They also do the Sims. Am I making that up? Um, yeah. 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 yeah, I'm making that up, or yeah, they do. No, you know they yeah. are doing so another. They're actually doing. Um, they're actually putting a. I don't know how much work it is. I'm sure it's lots of work because, but they're doing a lot of stuff with The Sims right now yeah. to um make it more inclusive. That's good. Uh, more diverse. Uh, I don't have the full story because I was not prepared for this. Clearly, um, <sighs> there's like a a whole area that you're going to be able to go to and like explore different kinds of families and cool. like they're doing stuff, but like. I just, I can't, like, when did The Sims come out? How are we still there? I mean, like, why is that still it, the thing? We're like, it's fine. When it first came out, it first came out, or? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, it's been like Sims 4 was 2014, and then they, and I think they re-released it. Yeah. On consoles and things like that as well. Yeah. It, the original uh, was like 2000. <laughs> I remember that stuff. Well, we talked about this a little bit last week, but my like I've been playing the Sims for as long as I can remember. Like mm. when I had a really awful computer in my bedroom at home in like right. high school. So I've been playing it as long, well, maybe not high school, uh, as long as I could. And now my 11 year old niece has taken over my account and is equally sassy about it. Mm. So like, it's, it's, it's cool. We're passing it down. It's that game won't die. And I mean, good on them, but yeah, that's where they're putting effort right now. Yeah, and- I also don't, Respawn was doing a lot of stuff in the Titanfall universe, and it, I, I'm wondering if um, these moves are EA basically saying um, we're moving away from that universe a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be really fully embracing the Titanfallness that we once were. The Titanfallness? Well, I, actually, I was today years old when I realized that the two games were connected because I don't really follow Apex at all. Like, right. Um, right. Or Titanfall for that, but like I haven't even played Titanfall, so like. Wait, Apex and Titanfall are in the same universe. Yep, same universe. Apparently, <laughs> I don't like so when, you ga- when video too. games have universes. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I the, can't. The people in Apex Legends are the people. Because if that's Apex. the case, Fortnite's messing everything up. <laughs> we are all I mean, in Fortnite their universe. Says... <laughs> We're all. Fortnite together. has effectively, like, just just 
took the piss out of every universe possible. Yeah, they're all ours now. <laughs> Suck it. But yeah, um, I don't know there's much more to say about that right now. It's just EA's doing things, and we're not really sure what they are. Although they apparently Dead Space is doing great. So that Dead Space had a huge start. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the director that uh, did. Um, <laughs> for Dead Space remake was like, yeah, they should just do Dead Space Four now. Like, just, just let's just keep the series going, doing well. That is a good segue. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> yes, it is a great segue because uh, yeah, we also wanted to kind of branch off from that into a larger discussion about uh, the nature of video games these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Dana, you had a great sort of uh, set of questions here. Like, are video games still moving forward? Or are we going back in time? Uh, the Sims, for instance, <laughs> still yeah. it, so hearing that it's been twenty since uh, twenty fourteen when they came out with uh, the Sims yeah. Four. I was thinking yeah, Sims four. One was like two thousand, so they went through the, all the expansions for one, two, all of the expansions for two, mm-hmm. three, all the expansions, and then four again. Technically, we should be getting a five. <laughs> I had a weird just, time trip when he said that. Back to the first Sims yeah. remake, yeah, yeah. Well. People okay, so that, what's actually. the original Sims then? Oh, uh, the early 2000s. 2000, like I think 2000. Uh, I seem to remember playing it around then, if not 2001. Yeah, February 4th, 2000. Yeah. Damn. So that was, I graduated grade six in 2000. So I was my niece's age. Aw, it's adorable. Inception. She's in grade six right now. Cute. Anyway. I had feelings. Oh, I'll choke them back down. Um, <laughs> so, like, that game has been out for 23 years. Is that the map? Yeah, it's been a while. 23 years. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, The Sims 4, I think, is doing it a little differently. Like, it's it's constantly building upon the same yeah. game. They're not, like, remaking and remaking and remaking and remaking, whereas what we were just talking about with Dead Space is it's, you know, it's being remastered, remade, re-whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a problem that I have in gaming, because I didn't like those games the first time, and they're not remaking any of the games I did like. But maybe that's a personal problem. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd say, well, you're wrong. Okay. (laughs) I think what's happening now is we're at a point in the industry where a lot of the new risks companies have taken have not gone as well as they would have liked. Mm -hmm. And they're now looking to say, well... This is a sure thing. Let's do this. Um, I hate that so much. Like, yeah. Old, I love when companies do something new. Like um, they, they push the boundaries and what we expect from gaming in one way or the other. But like I think the case of Forspoken is a good example where that's a new concept, a new IP. And we were all horrible people. And, and by we, I mean like the gaming yeah. world, not us. <laughs> and that game is not setting the world on fire. It's doing fine. Chris think, enjoyed it. Yeah, but I don't think I think there's a lot of hate towards it for one way reason or another. Um and I don't know if that's making Square Enix think, you know something? We're gonna put we'll put a pause on these new IPs and we're gonna go to let's see what other like mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII remake. What can we do here? Let's figure it out. Uh, uh I'm that's not a thing they've announced. I am just making shit here. up. <laughs> uh, yeah. but I think the safe bets are what companies want to bet on right now because they don't want to make those multi-million Money's risks. cool. Yeah. I think that's kind of just that. And especially well, when you look at like how well uh, Dead Space Remake is doing or how well The Last of Us Part 1 is, is did or 
how well an iterative game like Call of Duty does for um, Activision Blizzard, those are safe bets. They know their audience is going to buy into them. And as long as they don't mess it up too bad, they'll keep buying it. And I don't know how much of a risk companies are willing to take when it's something that might utterly fail. And Ubisoft's the same way. Look at Skull and Bones. Dude, stop hitting the table. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Everything's shaking. Look at Skull and Bones, where that game, uh, the reports from like testers trying it out and saying, "Yeah, I don't, I don't want to play this game. It's not very good." And then you have, I think, like, never mind. Go ahead. Like, you're good. Well, I was gonna say because like. Brennan's definitely right. The industry has, on almost every occasion, proven to like take the safe bets. But it's I mean, also that's like what a corporation does, <laughs> and that's what I was going to sure say. Like it's, happy, yeah. it's like we've gone through like so many generations now of like these these perceived safe bets. Where like all the at the end of the day, all they end up being are trend chasing. Like we had the big, you know, the yeah. big FPS boom in like the mid to 2020 or the mid uh, 2000s, and then there was like the oh, yeah. online the MMO boom that everyone wanted to get a part, like a you know a slice of World of Warcraft's pie. Like so, everyone is like chasing these trends, and then you you have like every company wants to have the new Call of Duty or the new World of Warcraft or the new Fortnite or whatever. And when those games end up failing, it's like they have to like, like look, go, you know, go back like to the well. Shut and them like, all down. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you should. Look at this way. We were talking about Overwatch earlier. Remember uh, Lawbreakers from Cliffy B? No. Yeah, and Lawbreakers was that really exi- cool. That that existed for like six weeks, and then they're like, there was Lawbreakers. Um, uh, like the uh, what was that one? Um, that 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 they also tried to have. Um. Oh, that stupid! Oh my god, I'm forgetting the name of it now because again, it was so goddamn forgettable. <laughs> um, there was like there, you know, there was the one that the the guys from the the forest I think tried to make that was garbage. Um, like oh, yeah. it, that was the thing everybody wanted to have a a, a battle royale, you know, yeah. not too long ago. Like, and that's the problem is that when everyone's chasing the trend because they they see where the money is, they all just want to have these like perpetual money making machines. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only sure, <laughs> but like there's only so much money to go around to be made. And then when they stop making the money off this thing, because what they thought was a sure bet was like, yeah. well, nobody wanted it because we already have Fortnite. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, now what do we do? I guess let's let you know. Well, um, you know, uh, Prince of Persia was a great game everybody loved. Let's remake that and we'll make some money off that because everyone already loved it. So, you know, they'll love it again. <laughs> Uh-huh. Now I will say, like I haven't, I haven't done my arguments for why it bites, but I will say that it does give like a new, a new generation of people a, a chance to experience these games. Because right now, if you give me a game that we played when we were twelve, I don't want to go play it. I want the new shiny game that's got the good graphics and all that. And right. especially if you give a kid now the game from when we were kids, they're like, "This is terrible. Why are we doing right. that?" Like imagine them going back and watching movies it's the same experience yeah. so if you give them a new shiny version of that game that that franchise that whatever then they can fall in love with it and possibly go back and experience all those other things jordan you can make that face all you want i can see it but that is very much the case for a lot of people no, i don't know especially I, children I, mister i have no kids 
uh, I've been playing the original Mario with a four-year-old who only speaks Portuguese. So, in your face. <laughs> but no. But no, that, but, that but, he but, likes but, it. That's a, that's what I mean. Like like most experiences that I've had, like showing younger, like my younger family members, like mm-hmm. Mario, Ocarina of Time, like they've gotten those into it the because those are the same kind of games, though. Like think about those are cartoony, whatever. If you give me Zelda from from way back when I'm going from Breath of the Wild, yes. I'm like, oh, this is different. Like this is yeah, but a kid who's got no frame of reference, like the if you the first game you're going to show them is Breath of the Wild. But chances are they do. Like, but they do. Regardless, I think I think there's more of an argument to be made on like game preservation. Well, why would you just made my point? Why is the first game you would show them Breath Breath of the Wild? It wouldn't be. I wouldn't give my my. I'm, if I'm you're introducing you them wouldn't. to a Zelda franchise, you would give them Breath of the Wild to start. No, I wouldn't. I would give them most likely okay, Link to the Past. Okay, if you were introducing them, if you were okay, that's fair. That's you though. If you're going to give them Animal Crossing, which Animal Crossing are you going to give them? Mm-hmm. Um, don't even. You're just being spiteful. You know it would be New Horizons. Debatably, like, New that. Horizon, but but it's different because New Horizon is very like it's it's still similar like to the originals enough like that it's worth giving it to them like you know having to dig up a gamecube but like if you're going to introduce a kid to like you know something like zelda you're not going to throw them uh, you know throw a a, a seven-year-old right into breath of the wild like you're going to give them something that's a little more tempered <laughs> because what when you re- when you think about it when you remember that those games were designed back then for the kids who were playing them like there's no there's no like age restriction on something like that right breath of the wild Um, is a little bit more my children my my son was born in 2015 uh breath of the wild came out in 2017 well your child's a goddamn prodigy dana i don't know to tell you (laughs) jordan you have to understand it's not that they're playing the game and succeeding in it it's they're playing the game to enjoy it like chris i'm not sure where you started your kids you've got one as young as mine i so i'm not Mm -hmm sure where you go well, my son's not great at video games in general he can kick my ass in Fortnite, but yeah no, no he started I, with I, breath of the wild they used to run around get their butt kicked and pick up apples that was it our kids oh, are the same edge actually and uh like the biggest thing like has been kirby late lately for hmm. for my for my eldest before that uh was a little bit of pokemon but as well as like other media yeah. connected to it not so much the games and yeah they, they do suck at it um so my, my my youngest is like obsessed with Mario right now. He wants he doesn't want to watch like shows on Netflix or Disney. He wants to just watch YouTube videos of people playing the games. Um, bless you souls who put the commentary out there or or, or put the videos out there without any commentary because I don't want my kids listening to whatever <laughs> you're saying. Um, but yeah, like the like the old stuff. So say he sees like a compilation of Mario stuff, like all the uh, the evolution of this in Mario games. When it goes to the old stuff, he's not as interested. When it's the two D stuff, and I'm like, this is the stuff I grew up on. This is amazing. Like, I'll I'll say to my older daughter, like, this is stuff I played when I was your age, and or or his age, and this is stuff I came up on, and they're like, oh, neat, and then they get more distracted. My kid can whoop my ass in Fortnite, but if I give him like Super Mario, Mm -hmm. no, the whole Mm -hmm. like running and jumping at the same time, like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So for me, it's it's get them into this and then we can go back like well, even we tried to get yeah. them into goldeneye that's a perfect example we're going back to that it looks kind of rough and they're well, like I, okay but i can just go play fortnite you know yeah 
that that's the thing too. Like we 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 started playing games when the D pad was the thing. You didn't have any other options. You had a D pad. Um, whereas you know they their first like our, our kids' first experience now was like touch screens and t- tablets and iPads. Yeah, they, there are whiz on those things. Like even my three year old can get around his tablet pretty quickly. But yeah. I, I if I handed him a controller, it would be a total yep. loss. And well, I mean, well, like I was probably his age when I first played Mario and. I'm, but I'm, be, I don't know how well we did with it, but it was where I picked up. I want to point out the fact that um, we're all kind of looking through our own nostalgia goggles when we look at I was just about to say that. Yeah, so I mean, we might think, yeah, Mario is the best thing ever, but... not. No, I don't know what Mario is, thank Mario. you. Okay, but... <laughs> but let me finish. That, oh, sorry, I was going to ask you a question. Um, but, like, the same was Link to the Past. That's a great game, but if you had kids and they don't only know 3D games... That would be much mm-hmm. harder to get your hands around or get your uh, get your mind no. around than like a Fortnite or hell even a Breath of the Wild just be based on yeah. the point of reference. If all I was, know I was 3D I... platformers, a 2D adventure game is going to be something very foreign to them and very like mm-hmm. hard to understand. I was I was going to say too that like to a to a certain point um, that like. Um, I agree with I agree with uh, Dana and Chris because like you know the the same night that uh, that I was uh, playing uh, Mario with with um, one of my girlfriend's nephews, um, you know I like I I before we before we even started playing Mario I was playing Splatoon on the TV and he just came in and he wanted he wanted to play it he just saw it and like thought it looked cool so I just gave him the yeah. controller kind of gave him a, a a basic understanding of how to do it he didn't know what he was doing. Like, mm-hmm. but he was having fun because like that, like that kind of like teaching, you know, the, the concept of fun, like as long as right. you just like kind of take your hands off the wheel and let them like enjoy what the, what they're playing with. It's like a toy is a toy. Right. But like, you know, you could see he was, I even, I tried to say to him, like, you know, in what little Portuguese, I know that the game was a little too advanced for him because when he, you know, as a, as a, as a just turned five-year-old kid who, yeah. who doesn't really understand like the the mechanics of the game the fact that it's like online that you're working with a team like he kind of was just like running around and, th- and randomly throwing paint here and there and like yeah. i was kind of like and then every now and again someone would come up and just kill him right because that's you know be they fair, see that's a, how i uh, learn uh, every game run around you know what I mean? it's, just, oh, that's what that does. <laughs> it's an easy kill it doesn't understand what, yeah. what's going on but i'm saying I'm, i you know it's a competitive thing i like i know but like i'm like, but you know but don't worry like just do whatever you want have fun right Right. right. So like mm-hmm. to that to that point, then yeah, like, you know, having something get remade, for, to, you know, regardless, like if, if it's introducing a kid, even it's like if it seems like like, you know, games back then were designed with different sensibilities because they were designed for a younger audience. Like you're right. Like they're not going to want to go back to old school stuff. A younger audience. I would just say a different audience. That's what we had back then. Much like, you know, in what the friggin' 40s, movies were black and white because that's what it was. And now if you give a kid a black and white movie, they're going to be like, what the frick is this? Where's the rest (laughs) of it? Yeah. Yeah. This is broken. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think that's exactly it. I I think it's what we grew up on and what we know. Is what we have, mm-hmm. but that was my question for you. Then, if if that's what you think, if it's if it's what we know and how we're going to start it, if you were going to choose a franchise to introduce, it doesn't have to be a kid. Like okay. introduce your grandmother. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to pick a franchise to introduce someone to in this point in time, mm-hmm. what franchise would it be, and where would you start them? 
Mm-hmm. That's hard because I think it it really does depend on that audience. I don't think I like I would say mm-hmm. um Silent Hill would be one series that I think it still holds up even though those games are looking kind of rough, like the first and second games. Mm-hmm. They they don't look amazing in today's standards. Um, <laughs> but But that adds to it a little bit, I would say. Yeah. But if I was if but but the storylines are still solid, the the gameplay <laughs> is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was saying, hey, uh, like say someone that's never played a game before, but they they like horror, I would definitely say Silent Hill. Yeah, uh, and where Silent would you Hill's start? Them? Silent Hill one. one I'd right say one. Uh, I'd say two. Two is the best, definitively. The, two, two is the best, but it is also the again depends on the age group. Two is the most. <laughs> yeah, you know you're right. Like one is just about like one is a simple story. I'm just and, thinking about like mm-hmm. a person you like and want to share. You're overthinking this. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, no, because, because they like horror. It depends. Just something you want to you want to share with the freaking world. Go. There's too many variables. The original Dead Space. I loved that game when it first came out. Yeah, um, no, that game still holds up. I think that would if someone had said. Uh, what games should they remake? I would have said Dead Space. So they did the right thing there. Hey, we did See, it. They've tried remaking Silent Hill, and that that didn't go great. So mm. here's so, so here's Hill kind of I think that can be cool. this. Here's here's my thing to sort of like like um, elaborate, I guess, a little bit on Dana's okay. point. So like like so like I brought up like Prince of Persia, right? Just sort of yep. offhandedly, and like that's a great if you want to introduce someone to like a really like solid game. Prince of Persia is like the way to go. My high school boyfriend um, plays that in my room all the time. I never. Oh, um, me and my friends crushed it out like in in like a weekend. Like we started, we, we never, we like just like just picked it up like randomly. I think we had like a ROM uh, or like a like a hacked Xbox, and we just were just mm-hmm. like, what is this? Play Prince of Persia. Like I've heard about this. What is this? And yeah, like we could just literally could not stop. Time? Um, yeah. And because uh, I think at the time that was the only one that was out. I think like I think it was like a year or two later, Warrior Within came out. Um, yeah, I made a great joke. And, but like, <laughs> but if if it was if it was to be remade, um, and 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 it was interesting because I didn't even right now, um, because I didn't even like totally consider until after I watched one of Yahtzee's extra punctuations about how right. good the love story between the two main characters is in that one. Like sure. you you know look you look at a game like um. You know, like for spoken, right? For spoken, for the most part, people are pretty like okay about it. Like it's you know, gameplay wise, it's yeah, like you said, it's not setting the world on fire, but it works. But the thing everyone really zeroed in on is the super cringy dialogue because I, you know, I'm going to throw I it guess, up there. I, I I feel that um, just I want to interject here. There's been a lot of talk about that, and it's usually Xbox fanboys just saying, "How dare this game be so cringy." <laughs> Play most games. Most games dialogue real bad. Yeah, but 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 that's my point because like it's you know with modern sensibilities about like what's funny and you know cringe humor and memes and stuff like that. Like if Prince of Persia was to get remade, I have no doubt that they would like sacrifice a lot of the story to have Farah and the prince like throwing quips like they're in a Marvel movie. And there. I bet that it's Ubisoft. They're going to be cheap. They're just gonna remake the graphics. <laughs> the exact same yeah, yeah. 
You're right. You're 100% they're not, they're not audio. If they are, they're just like, hey, this audio track doesn't sound good. Just record it again. It's fine. And then people say, oh, this game's so cringy. And then someone will say, this is the, it's the exact same. <laughs> they just run it through like a filter, sharpen it. But no, but but that's sort of, that's, that's where like, that's kind of like where I'm coming from on why I, w- I would rather see more effort into like game preservation. And kind of like, even like what Brendan was saying, like rather than, rather than, um, like trying to like remake everything if you think you know just just keep keep things more or less the way they are if you want to enhance the graphics like the way like halo did with the anniversary collection and even like include uh like a button that let you see side by side like this is what it used to look like you know because it it adds that idea of preservation like rather than okay we need to remake this so we need to remake the game the the, the gameplay we need to remake the graphics we need to remake the the story because it needs to fit modern sensibilities because you know the way love stories were told Mm -hmm. I just play, I just replayed um, Age of Empires 2 because it's coming to console mm-hmm. or it is now out on console. Hey, look, there's the review. There you go. Sorry, I was literally scrolling <laughs> past it. <laughs> but the fact that the game, they might not have like kept the graphics exactly the same, but what they've done is the effort they've put in to make the graphics look as you remember them. Mm-hmm. So you remember <laughs> those graphics, like they look really good. They look at them like, oh no, those graphics did not look good. But what they've done Maybe in the definitive edition on console is it looks like you remember how those graphics were. They they were small, but they had detail, blah, blah, blah because you're no longer viewing in a 640 by 480 monitor. Uh, yeah. You need to put effort into like making those graphics work on higher resolution screens. But the core of those experiences are still there. You can turn, you can, they've streamlined a few aspects of it, like the way that you're... Um, workers can kind of automatically figure out what they have to do in the, on your little like encampment. Uh, but the core of what made Age of Empires 2 great is still there. They yeah. haven't changed much. So you could, someone that played Age of Empires back in the 90s and jumps into this game, they'll feel at home. But there's enough things in there that help give a helping hand to people mm-hmm. that might not know that genre that it makes it so, oh, I don't know real-time strategy games, but I can jump into this and it, it's helping me figure it out. And you can slowly take off the training wheels as you need it. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's how you remake a game. And I'm not giving praise because they did the Halo collection as well, and Microsoft did. But it's keeping what the core of the game was and improving it in ways that you can, like adding graphics, mm-hmm. <clears throat> fixing up the audio because it was really, you know, Montawario back in the day or whatever it might be. But don't change the core loop that made the game so exciting when people first played it back whenever it was first released. And I think for if they read it to Silent Hill One, uh, just call back my point. If they had cha- if they made all the dialogue different, they made the overall story different. I feel that might take away um, from what that game absolutely. Was. Okay, but. We've been focusing a lot on like remakes and things yeah. like that, but you can also go into sequels with this. I like mean, me, I'm sitting here waiting, like nobody's business, for Fable, for <laughs> Elder Scrolls, for yeah. I don't know, what do they give me? Mass Effect, yeah. Dragon Age. Is that a bad thing? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's a bad. Not thing. inherently, no. I think it's good to have. How many what? sequels have you guys been miserable with? I mean, let's talk Silent Hill. I've heard that conversation a couple times. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like most things in Silent Hill. I, I, I yeah. don't think I even like Downpour. I don't think it was great, but it was fine. No, <laughs> your voice went all kinds of octaves for that. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, but you know what? The, the, the 
the, the Silent Hill sequels, I think, like again, like the, with the with the benefit of hindsight, the yeah. Silent Hill sequels could have been a lot better. But like things that were going on in Co- inside Konami, like them just sort of handing them out to whatever studio rather than sticking with mm. the studio that like dealt with with like the sort yeah. of like main uh, the you know first three Silent Hills and right. like developing really good games like even silent hill 4 silent hill 4 uh, or not sorry not, not not 4 4 was amazing um 5 right like 5 was given to an yeah that's the room that oh that one's so good one um i was homecoming <laughs> Home was that five was homecoming and five I believe was given to an American studio, which is why it feels George so just, like, like woke the crap disparate. up, like, guys. <laughs> that was so that no, you're good. Yeah. You're pumped. I like it. So that's what I mean. So like it's like so it, it because because of like the way it was it was handled, you had a lot of games of very disparate quality. Whereas I mean, like like I 100 agree with that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like so like I you know I th- I think. To, the, to a certain degree like it's you know kind of i guess in the way that like with like even like with movies like you have there's that there's that sort of like natural sense you get where like we're just like where everything is a sequel now that you're kind of like like god i wish that we get like more you know new stuff mm-hmm. right but there's nothing I, in, there's nothing necessarily bad with a sequel if it's doing an enough differently I, like a good sequel should i think there is there's good things about sequels it brings an audience that might not like if you made a new horror game called The Room rather than Silent Hill 4 The Room, it would have mm-hmm. been a very different audience jumping into that game than it was sure. um, as, a, as a Silent Hill game. But I also think well, there's a problem where if you're looking at like you're making a sequel and you're like, this is a, we're going to go new direction. You have mm-hmm. that audience that basically will just, if it's not the thing they love, they view it as a failure. And I think that's a lot of modern sequels say, Oh, they're using that as a base point, like that's world, but they're not going to have the character yeah. you love. And everyone's like, "No, I'm not it's playing." Too it's too different. Basically ruined. Yeah. Well, I, you I, know side what? Note, I, when, side note: When will they make Tommy Wiseau's The Room into a game? I mean, <laughs> they did actually. I, oh, oh, yes, it's a new rounds game. game. It's yeah. okay, well, amazing. <laughs> no, it is amazing. No, wow. it's all I know is that when Brennan said a game, a, a game called The Room instead of Sun Hill, The Room, I heard, "Are you tearing me apart?" I saw you light up. I saw you light up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think look at this. Well, point. I, I want to back to your point. Like you were saying, the Silent Hill game, like the Silent Hill Homecoming. If Homecoming was just called Homecoming Horror Experience, whatever, mm-hmm. I think people would have been less harsh on that game. Than it, they were because it was like, oh, this is a Silent Hill game. Why did they not do all this other stuff Silent Hill did? It yeah, was, it was fun. It wasn't a great game. Let's be clear. It was not no. great. But people hate that game because it's not the Silent Hill game they love. And they don't say, oh, it was kind of a neat little combat yeah. horror game. Cool. But there's tons yeah. of those games that exist. But because the expectations going into these games, any sequel, are so high, no ma- unless it's yeah. flawless. Someone's gonna be upset. Someone's gonna think it's the worst thing on it. No, even if it is flawless, yeah. they will. Like they, nobody. Well, can. you know what? I, I think I think there are there definitely are like some um, like examples of that. Like in, in the case of Silent Hill, it's you know like Homecoming again. Like yeah, like you're right. If if it was called any other thing, it probably would have been fine. But it's I don't, I don't think necessarily it's just the name. I think it's the it's the it's part the like part of the problem is that it's it's using like the not just not only just the brand but like a lot of the iconic stuff from namely silent hill 2 without really understanding why oh, that stuff belongs in that game 
Like there's so um, many, so much imagery in those games that make literally no sense. Yeah. But and, no and, and, and even because the team doesn't really, the team that built the new game, sorry, doesn't really understand. Uh, yeah, that's the game. Yeah. Doesn't yep. really <laughs> understand why those images and those concepts were used in the game to start with. And that's not, not saying no one on the team knew that, but the <laughs> whole studio is like, Hey, we want this sort of thing. And someone might say, we need this game the character in there. We need this character in there, or it won't be a Silent Hill game. Like, I guess we're doing that now. But <laughs> I, 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 I think I question I the idea of, of like the, like if a sequel is like too different, um, that like people, hate it because i feel like a lot of people have more or less like more and more gamers have kind of come around to the idea because i i know like personally uh mm-hmm. like for myself like like i was pissed off at, at metal gear 2 because you didn't start the game as snake and like that is like two i'm gonna it's I'm really gonna, good like it's yeah. it's really it's a really good game but I myself, and I know a lot of people too, who were like, "This game's stupid because I want to be Snake." Like, uh, um, Devil May Cry Four, amazing game, but I, I was guilty of it too, being I like, mean, "This is dumb. I, I don't want. I, I want to be Dante." I didn't love Devil May Cry Four. I played that game. It's, it's fine. It was, it's, it's, it's fine. a, it's a Devil I May Cry game. Don't like sequels when you start <laughs> off and you're a different, like, you're a whole different character. I, I. I'm genuinely like, but, oh. but it usually wins me over in the end. We look, we you know, we turn our attention to something like The Wind Waker, which a lot of people were very mad about. It was a sequel to Zelda that didn't look like anything other that came before it, and even the you know the tech demo that Nintendo showed off that yeah. people thought was a game. You know, it ends up you know people look back on it. It's one of the best Zeldas ever made. Um, and then like I think most famously now we've got Resident Evil Seven. Resident Evil Seven was yeah. such a departure from what Resident Evil is, and it's like one of the best Resident Evils that they've made. And but even I, I, eight, eight is pretty different from seven too. And people, and it's still like it's really good. Um, well, like here, here, I, here's the thing though: like it remake or sequel, no matter how faithful it's going to be, mm-hmm. it's never going to please everybody. It's just impossible. Like, sure, it's never possible because they like there's expectations for people who were, who were excited beforehand. There's people who mm-hmm. find the series after a couple games and they think it's this thing, but it's already been five other things. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, and that's a very the very cool. nature of game development too. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, it's, it's just different because, like you know, thirty years ago, NES games were made by like twelve people. Now it's a hundred easily, and it takes mm-hmm. a long time. Um, like I, I'll, I'll go back to like Final Fantasy. So the original one was made in was made in eighty seven within like eight months by like ten people. They cranked out a sequel, had it out three hundred sixty four days later, and it was a substantially different game. And they did it again. They they, yeah. they put the first six games out in eight years, and mm-hmm. then started incrementally getting bigger and bigger times. And like you can see the hardware jumps. Like it becomes incrementally yeah. harder to make new games, especially at that like blockbuster expectation. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the, the every nature of, of of the beast changes from like expectations and reactions yeah. from audience members to the very process of making it. So like, I, I feel you like you also there's... have the fact that an audience, like let's say a, like a a niche series, when there's a, like a small but really passionate fan base for a game, and the studio might say, "Hey, we love what we're doing, but we want to appeal to a larger audience," you're going to lose the small fan base 
to, to get the larger one. Because often what will happen is they'll say, okay, we need to change these things to make it so it's more appealing. And the people that loved the game for what it was mm-hmm. hate the fact they made it more appealing. You guys are really stuck on this like remake sequel thing right now. Like this was not the topic. <laughs> and you're just like really okay. stuck on that one fact. The whole that point again, of that though, point. Is, <laughs> is this moving things forward. So do you think that watching a game that started like any version of Mario, so a game that started when we were four mm-hmm. is now still coming out in all sorts of different ways in 2023. Are we pushing yes. things forward by making a new kind of same game? No. See, I got to know any yes. I think so. I think no. I think Mario's I, very different. We went from side scrolling to like Mario 64. Well, I was like, nope. Yeah. Nope. And you well, and you look even just like like at Odyssey specifically, like Odyssey mm-hmm. really changed like the core concepts of mario and now it's not just you're running and jumping you're like literally using the things you used to jump on or jump over like you're using the obstacles to like exp- to navigate and explore these worlds and then so we're it's like talking about... the, just sorry go ahead no no I was, I was just gonna say the like the the core the core game mechanic of mario was changed so drastically in such a unique and fun way that it like mm-hmm. definitely I, I mean as the ser- as as a series maybe not the whole medium but like mm-hmm. as a series like Mario it yeah. definitely moved forward see and that was going to be my question what what out there is moving the medium forward cuz yes every uh, Elden Ring anybody yeah uh, any sequels <laughs> are going to move the the franchise forward, whether it's moving it into another style of game, moving it into a different kind of story, a different kind of graphics, or whatever, a different mm-hmm. engine, mm-hmm. all that jazz. But what are we doing to move the medium itself forward? I think uh, there's a few games that really push things forward in, in different ways. Um, like Fortnite, even though I think that started as a completely different game and kind of aped uh, what uh, PlayerUnknown's was doing, it pushed things forward in a, in a profoundly different way and changed how gaming is mm-hmm. um, But I think there's kind of like a lot of holding, like holding like steady for a while, and then there's a jump. And there's a, there's a game that will push yeah. things forward in a major way, and everyone says, okay, we can do new things. But until that happens, studios will often be, or studios and publishers will often be like, okay, let's not be too crazy here. Let's just, yeah. let's just make things th- that people want and you're going to have those large stops, basically a leap forward, and then no one wants to take a risk for like three years. Then oh. there's going to be another leap forward. Well, and something that I would I say know. that... that hmm? Go ahead. I was I, gonna say, I, I wasn't going to argue, I, so you argue. Oh, no, I was going to say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's so much that people don't want to take risks or make changes. I think that it's more like, like to just, just to, to, I think to, uh, to elaborate on your point, um, that it's like there's, there's change on the micro level and the macro level. So like, okay. yeah, like Fortnite came around and changed things on a macro level. Yeah. Like it really redefined how like games can be played, how games can be monetized, yeah. like, you know, um, what, like how much property can be in a game but then you know you can see games on like 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 indie games or even just like smaller scale games that have that have like unique movement mechanics or like fighting mechanics just like different things that actually like okay like this is actually like a very new thing that if it's like implemented in a bigger game it could be really interesting Mm -hmm. i think that's yeah it's it's i feel like we're trying to make things change 
but there's always like a big pushback and that really affects how it happens. Like, like for Spoken, for instance, one of the things I appreciate about that game, I haven't had that much fun exploring an open world since Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild. Um, right. yeah. di- discounting Spider-Man, because that was already something that had been done yeah. before pretty right. well, just advanced. Like I, I was just having fun running around that world. The scale of it is impressive. I, I, I think I moved open world games forward incrementally. I, I do want to um, say one thing about Forspoken um, that I don't know why more people aren't touching on, and it's just how that game's marketed and what they're choosing to show off the game. Because every time I've seen that game in person, it looks stunning. It is a very mm-hmm. pretty game that shows off what the PS5 can do. But every time I've seen a screenshot of the game, it's kind of blurry, it's kind of muddy looking, and I'm going... What, why is this the promotional <laughs> shot? Why do you game? want this to fail? <laughs> welcome, welcome to my struggle trying to get screen caps for my review. Um, there were so yeah. many times I was like, I'm stepping pictures off in gameplay as I'm doing these crazy mm-hmm. spells and stuff. Like, that's going to be great. And then I go back to the menu and it's garbage. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, but everyone, all, yeah, to come back to the marketing, I'll uh, get doing all these things to move the, the, fo- like, to reinvent the format that, that was growing stale. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just pick one thing to latch onto and say, oh, no, this sucks. Play the thing. Yeah. Um, and again, the marketing didn't help because the demo that they released, I didn't try the demo because I heard from people who had played another build of it mm-hmm. um, elsewhere mm-hmm. that it, the demo was misrepresentative of like the final thing and just had no context. So yeah, I, I, I skipped the, people the demo. That I, that I heard that played the demo were like, that was the game is way better than what they let yeah. us play. Yeah. They probably shouldn't have done that. They they drop you in after like a pretty major point, and they don't really explain the systems. That you don't know the connection between the like the character and the and the bracelet, um, and you're just kind of left to your own devices. Where like right. the whole game does a really good job of building up the skills and like yeah, I've heard that it scaffolds things pretty well. Scaffolding was one of the big terms yeah. I use. It, t- it takes some patience because it, it is slow paced, but um, it pays off well, big think... time. I think. Even like even like initial marketing, from what I remember seeing of it, made it, the game seem like it was going to be this totally different thing, like something almost on par with like Elden Ring, where you're sort of put into this like really dark fantasy world, and it's kind of like it's a little bit like Monster Hunter, where the big things just show up and you have to use like crazy magic to take them out. But there's also like this kind of like unique movement mechanic. But they really didn't like lay in too much of the of what the story was going to be like, which is so intrinsic to the whole game experience. Yeah, like the and the story paid off better than I thought it would, because um, mm-hmm. like I, even when I was doing the review, uh, someone else I know that had an early, like an early access to it said, you know, I, I finished it and gave me like a brief cliff notes of the ending, and I was like, okay, that's not maybe what yeah. I expected or whatever. But then when I actually played it through myself, I was a lot more impressed with it. Um, it's uh yeah, it's just. Uh, it's a shame because I think it, I think I think it's a lot better than the reviews are, are giving it credit for, yeah. Um, yeah. or maybe not the reviews, but like the overall consensus. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff that could be learned from from open world games, and I think it's going to go on like ignored because of little cringe dialogue, right? Like <laughs> now, just a question: yeah. Do you think this is one going to be one one of those games that in like a year people going to be like, oh, that was a masterpiece? I really wish I played that when it first came out. This is the thing with a lot of, of games these days is that that's, this happens all the time because of this feedback loop, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. the trailer comes out for there's a few things that I think are influencing the reception for the game. Um, right. Certain aspects about the playable character, for instance, like there's there's no denying that there are a group of people out there that are just mad. That there's a POC woman uh, like in a, like a, in the protagonist. Oh, dare role. they? 
like right Naturally. Like, how, how they, and how dare she speak like <laughs> um so that's that's an aspect of it there's a there's feedback from like you know mcu type dialogue people are getting kind of tired of that and that then this kind of I mean, smacks of that i don't love that yeah. dialogue either but if yeah it well, though, and and that's that's doesn't throw um, me off an experience. That it just it, I wouldn't like more yeah. naturalistic dialogue, but that's just me. It's like they gave you the option to turn it down too. Like you can you can cut like cut down the banter a little bit and the and the and the, and the options maybe. Uh, and I didn't yeah. even find that really a problem until like you're when you have a story goal in mind or like when you're like on going to like a major mission or something. The chatter changes and it's not as constant. Now I'm in the end game stuff doing like extra extra stuff and it, like the. Yeah, like, okay. Now I'm like, even this is getting repetitive for me, and I didn't mind it beforehand. But anyways, you you have that feedback loop upfront from impressions and things like that, mm-hmm. and it just builds this self fulfilling prophecy of like, oh, this game failed. Lol. Like, oh, look at the review scores. Oh, the review bombing it. Blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then people actually give it the, the time of day. I've like I've even talked to people that were like on the fence about the game or just kind yeah. of waiting to play it for themselves, and now they're like, yeah, this is really great, actually. Um, so yeah, I totally think this is going to be one of those games that grows on people because <laughs> they'll actually give it yeah. a chance in a couple of years. It was the same thing for yeah. it was the same thing with, for me with Mass Effect and Drama. Like I came to that two years mm-hmm. ago, well after it came out, mm-hmm. and I had a much different experience with it than most people at the time did because I didn't have that baggage from the pre-release, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, well, but I, but in fairness, I would say that's a, that might be a bit different because you played it after it was heavily fixed. Well, yeah, that's like the, that's you know what I mean. The, the, these yeah. days too. I don't, I don't <laughs> the problem. The problem. Or, the, or at least the difference. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brendan. I was just going to say, I don't think people hated Mass Effect Andromeda for the fact it's Andromeda. I, I think they hated it because the game was a giant it was broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's the difference, right? With with something like Forspoken, people like are definitely cutting it out of context and 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 sort of missing a lot of the point. Like, like I'll admit, like, you know, I, I was seeing a lot of it on TikTok too. And just like, I, maybe I, I'm a little bit different. I feel like that dialogue might have turned me off a little bit. Like, it just would have made me like hesitant to keep playing. But then like when I actually like wanted to do a little bit more due diligence and like i was i was like i'm not going to take everyone's word on tiktok about what it is like to yeah. see what people like actual critics were saying about it too like it's like no everyone's pretty much pretty much on the consensus that it's a pretty solid game minus yeah okay the dialogue is a little bit cringe but get over it like yeah there, there was a lot of spinning going around that that weekend before uh release date like say like oh don't don't buy it because they didn't give enough uh reviewers the code oh, or enough time or... Well, there was that yeah there was, those, there was those people that say don't buy this game because the, it was only it drops between this many frames a second and the, it's not actually 1080p or like, oh, like or, oh, so there, there's there's strict restrictions on on reviews uh well first of all every review has restrictions uh and usually boil down to don't spoil the story yeah. There was nothing there that I haven't seen before. Like it's just they <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast. They don't want you giving the game away. Shocker. I mean, there are let's be clear, there are some uh embargoes and um NDAs related to reviews that are overly restrictive. You can't mention half the game. And if the bugs are in half of the game, that's a problem. Um now, I've not I've not had any that were that restrictive in your experience when you have had those things, were they like a red flag? Um, genuinely, or is it like we were just totally misconstruing the whole concept? I I have had some where it has been just a, like you get the you get the game. You're like, okay, I can't talk about any of these things. And you're like, oh, but this these things are really broken. Uh, <laughs> but it also sometimes it is 
story-based games often have heavy embargoes. Nintendo games are that way. Um, some Sony well, games are that way. Because they're, if they're a single-player experience, you want to make sure you don't spoil that story that people kind of want to have that group experience of kind of seeing. And those embargoes, I totally understand. And I think that's what this one was. Uh-huh. There are some that, like, you can't talk about how the game plays. You can't mention these bugs if you agree to this review. That sort of thing makes me hesitant because you're trying to review a game and you can't talk about major bugs because that might be coming in the day one patch. You're taking a company's word as yeah. what will be fixed and what won't be fixed. And I don't, me as a reviewer, I find that a hard kind of thing to take on because well, I'd rather wait to get the review out after launch and make sure the thing is fixed and say, oh yeah, I can't, t- if I review it, I have to review it as if those bugs don't exist. That to me can be disingenuous. Well, yeah, it's 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 unfair, right? Because it's naturally it's yeah. going to like if those bugs happen and it's like like they're going to ex- uh, like, you know they're going to affect your experience, right? So yeah. it's like if it mm-hmm. makes your experience worse, but it's like oh I can't talk about this because they know the bug is there, so like they said yeah. they're going to fix it, I mean, but it's like but being, you know that, that stopped me from liking it. That being said, I'm also as a critic, I know bugs might exist in a pre-release build, but when sure. the company says don't talk about these 10 things i then say that's a red flag if the company says there will be bugs act accordingly Mm -hmm. and review accordingly i'll be like okay i can accept a game might not be perfect before launch that happens as long as they i know i'm getting it early i'm getting it a few weeks early before it's out so i i kind of take that into consideration but when a company puts that as a hey if you take up this review, you can't talk about any of this stuff. That to me is a red flag, and I, that is not what I'm seeing with uh, Forspoken from what you're telling me. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Like there was nothing. Like I said, there's nothing in the in the embargoes that was anything near like that. Um, yeah. It's all standard stuff, really, and it boils down to, hey, please don't <laughs> spoil our surprises. We want people to experience <laughs> these things. Don't and, ruin uh, the game, please. <laughs> please don't. Please don't spoil everything. Um, but yeah, to kind of bring it back in, like. Uh, people are trying i just don't think they always get a fair shot at it um mm. you know, there's so many factors going against it to tie it all back in like the development is hard these days there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. they want to there's these ex trying to cram live server stuff into games that doesn't that doesn't need to be there mm. um but yeah like i i see progress in certain areas if we just yeah. let it happen <laughs> I th- I th- I think to, to sort of like to yeah like to to tie up the point that you were like mm-hmm. that you were making there too is like it's like there there's there you're never going to please anybody and espe- especially the gamers TM because like well everybody sometimes it's anybody because well because you know what because like again to Dana's point right like like you if you have like sequel like, like look at Call of Duty for example it's like sequel after sequel after sequel and like nothing's really changing or like you know sports games where it's like every year it's another <laughs> sequel and there's nothing just a, a roster update right and like or it's like more, things are more broken that than they are update. fixed right <laughs> yeah like then then it's just like you, you get into this point where it's like you're, you all you're doing is just trying to pump out a sequel every year you know assassin's creed is another example uh like and you're not you're not doing enough differently and half the time you're because you're rushing to have a sequel you're barely coding the game functionally right so like Mm. rather than focus like the sequels aren't inherently bad but if if, if your only focus is just to to make sure you you know you're constantly having new sequels all the time and you're not trying to innovate then you know there's there's no point that you might as well just 
like why make it like why make something the same that's worse than when you could try something new that's better right and yeah. i think I, I think you're definitely i, I i've at least I've been seeing because I've been kind of like dipping my toe a little bit more into the water, like especially in the indie scene. People, mm-hmm. a lot of indie devs ne- aren't necessarily trying to cater to what pe- what they think people are going to like, trying to meet those de- demographics. They just they want to okay. make the game that they want to make, and it's like, and you know, if they make it good enough, people will like it, and usually that works. Do you think the industry is moving forward, just not necessarily in the AAA space? not not totally in the triple a space because like like i said then i mean like we've all said we we have seen some like pushes yeah. forward like you know they like some some like the the the, the big name uh like the triple a like some triple a publishers definitely have been showing some signs of progress and trying mm-hmm. in some avenues right but it's just i right. think because the nature of the AAA space really is, you know, because you have these big, big name publishers who have shareholders who have to like meet certain projections every year. They're not trying as hard as the indie spaces to like move okay. things forward. I can see that. Yeah, the, to, to quote uh, one of the comments on my first book and review, actually, cutscene after <laughs> cutscene after cutscene, control is wrested away from you as soon as anything interesting happens, leaving you to simply run around between moribund, single button mashing fights. And that's AAA gaming in 2023. To be like, fair, that's how I felt about it. Not wrong. It's a bit reductive, <laughs> but it's not, it doesn't really apply to first spoken if you, repeat, you know. if you read the review at all. But yeah, that, and, I mean. To, to sort of like, to sort Guardians. of like, that was my big complaint. I was like, okay, yeah. I feel like I'm just watching a movie, and I want to. It's a movie you 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 enjoyed, but it wasn't like a yeah, game. it wasn't uh, one it, that it, I want to occasionally have to interact with. <laughs> yeah, and maybe it's not totally the same, but I think like again, like the uh, the actual like perfect mirror, in my opinion, to that is like I look at a game. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw it called Pizza Tower. That just that just released onto Steam recently. Basically, the, the, these guys. I've been following it for a while because these guys straight up just said they made this game because Nintendo hasn't made a good Wario Land in forever, and they just wanted they, <laughs> they love Wario Land and they wanted to make a game like it. So they just made this game Wario called Land Pizza Tower, Wario and it Wario Land, like Wario Land okay. three on the on the Game Boy Advance, those really good ones. They're just yeah. like we wanted a game like this, so we just made it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's like they just did what they want, and the game looks great. It's gotten bomb reviews, like you know what I mean. So it's, it's like just make the thing you want to make. People will find it, and people will like it if you put your heart into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I mean That's sometimes, sometimes we go forward by going back too, right? Like one of the big mm-hmm. uh, sleeper hits of the of the year last year was Tunic, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, like the the big it's praise Zelda. that I heard from it was like. You know, it, it really it really brings back the feeling of those old games, but it's doing it yeah. with modern hardware. And you know, what can we learn from that? Like, what can we take away from that besides do this because it will print money? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of that though. Like, uh, even you know, like Destiny is one of my favorite games in the last like decade or so, mm-hmm. and it's just it's bleeding into a lot of other games that don't need it. Like I earlier today, I saw the like the Wizard game compared to like a crappy wizard based destiny <laughs> like mm-hmm. okay I, I i don't need that ip to have that engine same thing i didn't same reason i didn't need that from avengers like yeah okay yeah just let's just stop shoving everything that works into anything else <laughs> we went on a diatribe there we did <laughs> hey, we did <laughs> 
Yep. Dana invited chaos by starting this topic. <laughs> Dana, do you want to do you want to close us out? Do you think gaming has moved forward? I, you guys didn't even discuss it the way that I thought you would. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stay out of this one. I'm gonna stay well, out of that one. Well, we'll try again next time. Yeah, Probably next not. week or two. <laughs> Probably not. But... Tune in for the four-hour yeah. cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, if you'd like to read more on these topics and more, you can find full coverage at cgmagonline.com. Be sure to follow CG Magazine on all, those, on all the socials to search CG Mag. You'll find us. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send, the, send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com. Jordan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me sometimes on Instagram, sometimes not so much on TikTok anymore, but uh, kind of uh, at Ninja X Jordan. And you can find me on YouTube at Ninja Jordan Reviews. Um, you can find me at the Dana Eileen on some places, I think. TikTok. No, don't go to my TikTok. Uh, Twitter, I guess. And Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find me at BFry26 on Twitter and guess instagram i don't know i'm also <laughs> one day we'll do this without being incredibly awkward human nope being. we won't that's, that's no. how about you chris that's off what are you, up to? you can find you me at? on all the socials at hoogathy h-o-o-g-a-t-h-y all right and uh yeah on behalf of everyone that's here at cgm thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week 